John's Gospel, chapter 6, is this morning's uh, sermon text, beginning in verse 24. Jesus has just uh, fed the 5,000, and after that, as John often does, he likes to reflect on what just happened and uh, quote Jesus as going deeper with that enacted parable, with that, with that deed, and explaining and unpacking what that means. And I'm going to read from John's Gospel, chapter 6, verses 24 through 35, and I invite you to stand as God's Word is shared among us. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor His disciples were there, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found Him on the other side of the sea, they said to Him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for Me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on Him that God the Father has set His seal. Then they said to Him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in Him whom He has sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give to us then, so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I have a pastor friend from Canada And uh, he lived for several years in Paris, France. And he said, in Paris, uh, you don't go to the grocery store and buy pre-sliced bread in a cellophane wrapper and bring it home. In Paris, every morning, you walk to the local bakery and you buy fresh loaves for that day. And then the next day, you do the same thing. And the bread is always fresh and the bread is always good. And he said, when he moved away from Paris, he missed that because that was such a, such a wonderful and beautiful custom. And, and fresh bread is really a wonderful thing. It's a staple. It's, it's delicious. Fresh warm bread is always good. And uh, the opposite of that is true. Stale bread is just not fun. Have you ever put your teeth into stale bread? It's, it's not really very delightful. And imagine how stale bread got in the hot Palestinian sun in Jesus' day when it was left out, and it just got all crusty and all gnarly and nasty, uh, and how, how much pleasure Jesus must have had in feeding the 5,000, seeing hungry people have enough and some left over. And we never chopped Jesus into two parts as if Jesus didn't care about the physical bread and only cared about the eternal bread, the bread of life himself or that he only cared about feeding people their physical needs and didn't care about eternal life. Jesus always cared about both equally. 
But what he notices here is that people were missing the point. They were living for the wrong bread. They were more interested in the the bread that perishes. In fact, uh, the two key verses in this passage, as far as I'm concerned, uh, are verses 27 and 35. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life. And then verse 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Jesus is talking about the nourishment of real bread and how we often knock ourselves out for the food that doesn't nourish and for the food that doesn't satisfy our deepest hungers. Do you remember the Red Queen in the story Through the Looking Glass, Lewis Carroll of Alice in Wonderland fame? I mean, uh, the lighting here doesn't show her red hair, but yeah, that's the Red Queen. And there's a great line uh, in that story when Alice and the Red Queen are running and Alice is panting, and they're running, but they're not getting anywhere. And Alice says, well, in our country, you generally get to some other, somewhere else if you run very fast for a long time. And the queen says, now here, you see, it takes all the running you can do just to keep in the same place. And isn't that, a, isn't that an interesting comment and an interesting commentary on our culture that people have to run hard just to stay in the same place? I mean, you think about your own life, running hard and not getting ahead, just staying in place, eating and never really being satisfied, or uh, making money, but it's never quite enough, or uh, seeking acceptance and approval from other people, and it still never satisfies, or trying to earn God's forgiveness and still feeling like we're never clean spiritually, searching and never finding, feeling incomplete, uh, a, a hunger, a gnawing inside that it's just not enough. There is that spiritual hungering that is so real. And when we live for the wrong things, Jesus said, don't, don't depend on the wrong things to feed your soul. Don't depend on the wrong things to nourish your inner life. He wanted us to to look to Him. Now, those of you who know more about nutrition science uh, could explain this better, but the experts today talk about empty calories when it comes to eating versus calories that truly nourish and uh, empty calories abound. I'm not going to name any empty calories because it'll ruin your lunch. And it'll ruin your trip to Central Dairy. It'll ruin popcorn at the movies. It'll just, it'll just mess you up. And I don't want that to get in your head. Empty calories, though. Empty calories serve the purpose of telling the brain that we're full, but there's no nourishment there to strengthen the body. What's more... Empty calories tell the brain it's full and tell the brain it does not need to eat that which is needed. That's why moms always say, no candy before dinner, no sweets before the meal. And we think they say that because there was some behavior manual that parents have to memorize. They just say that to ruin our fun. But it's not true. Because 
Empty calories actually serve to dull the appetite for that which is truly helpful. You see where Jesus was going with this? He said, don't don't eat junk food. Don't expect cotton candy to nourish your soul. It's pretty, but it doesn't work. It doesn't help. And so Jesus wanted us to get that hunger for the bread that satisfies. Now, John always structures the, the narratives, the teachings of Jesus in such a beautiful and memorable way. There are at least three contrasts in this, in this teaching of Jesus between empty calories spiritually and the true bread that nourishes spiritually forever. And the contrasts are in verses 28 and 29, works versus work, Moses versus the Father in verse 32, and gave versus gives in verse 32. The first one, the people said, well, just show us what works we have to do to be in a relationship with God, to to experience your power in your life. And Jesus changed it on them. He said, it's not works. You don't have to scurry around and try to impress God. You don't scurry around and try to to beat yourself up and to pummel yourself and, and do works as if we can earn God's love and forgiveness. God already loves you. God already wants to feed you. God already has offered your son Jesus Christ as a sacrifice for sins. Open your mouth spiritually and eat. Receive by faith that which you cannot do on your own in your own strength. It's not works, it's one work. The work is to believe. The work is to receive by faith. And then he said, you know, Moses took it as far as he could. He, he offered manna from heaven that was real bread that fed their tummies, but they got hungry again. But the Father, the Father gives. Moses gave, past tense, that's done, doesn't happen anymore. But the Father gives, present tense, continuous action, and the Father keeps on giving. And only Jesus can satisfy the deepest longings and hungers of our souls. Only Jesus can satisfy. Because Jesus goes down deep into the life of God. And he makes that life of God available to us in forgiveness and joy and power and eternal life. Only Jesus can go down deep into the promises of God, the covenant promises of God, the ancient promises of God, and makes them come alive for us in fresh ways every day, that daily bread spiritual nourishment. Only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can offer the bread that truly nourishes the soul. Jesus said, don't, don't knock yourselves out for bread that perishes. Come to me by faith and trust the living bread. And so this table that's set up this morning, every time we share the Lord's meal, is a table of mercy and a table of grace. We don't talk about who deserves this table, the bread, the cup. We talk about how thankful we are for God's mercy and grace. And we come to the table today not because of what we deserve, but because of what we need. And Jesus, the bread of life, meets us at that table, and he gives us not what we deserve, but what we need. Amen.